Every year, we set new goals to change the past, try something new, do something different. But if we're honest, the new year can start to sound like a broken record. We want to lose weight, save money, get organized. We think if we can just work it harder, make it better, do it faster, we'll be stronger. But maybe we're trying to change the wrong thing because the common denominator of every part of your life is you. Yeah, you've got 99 problems and you're a part of every one. We're not gonna just work, 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 work. And we're not just waiting on the world to change either. This year, we're starting with the man in the mirror. New year, new you. A season of focused spiritual growth. For real this time. Well, good morning, Northridge Church. How's everybody doing this morning? Doing well? Welcome, welcome, whether you're joining us from one of our Rochester area locations, whether it's Greece, Webster, Henrietta, or you're here at our Arondequoit location, or maybe you're joining us from online, wherever you are, we just want to say welcome. Thank you so much for being here with us. If you're not familiar with who I am, my name is Graham Spruill, and I'm the director of our student ministry here at Northridge. My wife, Jessie, and I have been here for about a year and a half, and we have absolutely loved being a part of this church family and being a part of what God is doing in the city of Rochester. I just want to take this moment to thank the leadership of our church for giving me this opportunity to speak with you guys today. You know, we're right in the middle of the holidays. Everybody have a good Christmas. Everybody gain like 7.3 pounds. Are we there yet? So yeah, we're right in the middle of the holidays. And if you weren't familiar, today is actually a holiday as well. See, today is what's called National Scrub Sunday. And it's the Sunday where all across America, lead pastors take vacation for Christmas and New Year's and give their Sunday morning talk to the youth guys. So, hey, Drew, I love you. I will totally take this. I'm absolutely kidding. I asked Drew if I could tell that joke. But uh, I, I am super pumped to be here with you guys in this new year, new season. Uh, today, I want to spend the moments that I've been giving to, to talk with you guys about discipline. I want to talk about discipline, and I know that about half of you at all of our Rochester area locations just threw up a little bit in your mouth, because discipline, that, that kind of carries a gross connotation, right? Uh, when you think about discipline, you know, now is the time of year where that word is being thrown around like crazy. You know, I, I want to be more disciplined with my job. I want to be more disciplined uh, with my finances or with my diet. Uh, now is the time of year where that is being thrown around a lot. And I'm not knocking it. I myself uh, seek to be disciplined. I seek to set New Year's resolutions every single year. In fact, I feel like I set the same New Year's resolution every single year. I feel like every year I want to cut out sugar from my diet. Anybody else in here want to do that? Nobody. Okay, cool. You, you all eat healthy. Great. Um, so yeah, I, I want to cut out sugar from my diet, but it's like the second week of January and I go toe-to-toe -to -toe with a Krispy Kreme donut and it's over, right? Why is that? Well, according to US News, around 80% of, of New Year's resolutions fail by the second week of February. And I think that's because we kind of have this love-hate relationship with this word, discipline. We all desire it. We, we wanna do uh, better at certain areas of our lives, and yet we despise the process. When the rubber meets the road, when we're met uh, with either eating some kale or a Krispy Kreme donut, uh, we fold. And I think the same is true when it comes to our spiritual life. 
See, every year we often have these big lofty goals about how we want to grow spiritually. We're finally gonna finish that Bible plan that we've never gotten to. We wanna memorize more verses of the Bible. We wanna meditate more on the verses of the Bible. And we have these goals and it's December, 13th, December 30th and we're ready to click start on this 800 day Bible plan that we're sure we're gonna get through. And it's game time and then the new year comes and it's Tuesday morning. And we're a little tired, so we're not gonna, you know, we'll get to it later. Or we've got all these other things to remember, and man, I just can't remember. I've got grocery lists, I'm not gonna memorize God's word. And before too long, around the second week of February, give or take a week or so, we give up. Why is that? Why is it so hard to have a lasting, spiritually disciplined life? And I wanna suggest to us today that it's not a scheduling problem. It's not a busyness problem. It's not a try hard enough problem. I want to suggest to us today that our lack of spiritual discipline is a sight problem. It's a sight problem. And some of you, you might hear that and you think, uh, what? Especially you guys out in, in Henrietta and Greece, you're like, Graham, I can see you perfectly fine on this movie screen. You know, I, I, we can see fine. What are you talking about? I'm not talking about physical sight. I'm talking about spiritual sight. See, when we look throughout the Bible, we will often read sentences and prayers uh, from people experiencing God in their daily lives, and these prayers will be centered around this idea of spiritual sight. And, and so that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today. And, and before we get into that, I want to kind of address a group in the room, uh, because maybe you're in here today, and this is like maybe your first Sunday, or, or maybe you, you've been coming for a couple weeks now, or, have you, or you've come to... Um, community group or something, and, you, and you've been checking this whole thing out, and you've wondered about this whole God thing. And today, I want to ask you specifically to lean in, because what we're going to talk about today is what the Bible says about getting to know God, the creator of the universe. And so we're going to talk about this idea of spiritual sight. Uh, an Old Testament prophet named Ezekiel, he, he wrote this, Son of man, you are living among a rebellious people. They have eyes to see, but do not see, and ears to hear, but do not hear. So Ezekiel is talking about God's people, Israel, uh, who were basically kicked out of their homeland because of their rejection and abandonment of God. And Ezekiel is distinguishing between these people having the ability to physically see while not having the ability to spiritually see. King David, in the longest song that he ever pinned down, he wrote this, open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. Now, what King David isn't asking is to have physical sight in order to see characters that make up a word, that make up a sentence, that make up a, a verse. No, he's asking to see what God intended for his people to see through the reading of his law. He's asking for spiritual sight. And this isn't just a, an Old Testament thing either. When we look at Jesus, uh, while he was on earth, he was constantly explaining the, the nature of his work and ministry. And, and the way that he explained it was talking about a kingdom that he was building and that he, in fact, was the king of this kingdom. And Jesus says this to his disciples in Matthew 13, blessed, but blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. See, how Jesus would explain the nature of his kingdom was through different stories and metaphors called parables. And he was telling some parables and uh, some of his disciples, some of his followers came up to him and said, hey, Jesus, you talk about your kingdom in kind of vague ways. Well, why do you do that? And that was Jesus's response, kind of echoing the same idea that Ezekiel talked about 
that people who could understand the nature of Jesus's work and ministry and the kingdom that he was building through the parables that he told were people who could not only physically see, but could spiritually see and hear as well. They were the opposite of what we saw in Ezekiel. And so we're beginning to see this kind of trend here that there is a difference between uh, physically seeing something and spiritually seeing something. And when we hear this, it's kind of like, okay, but what the heck does that have to do with December 30th, 2018? Like, well, why are we talking about this? And I believe that it has a lot to do with our today on December 30th, 2018. As followers of Jesus, we all long to be spiritually disciplined people. We want to know God, the creator of the universe more. And even if you don't follow Jesus at some level, you're in one of these rooms because at some level, even if you're a little little bit skeptical of the whole thing, you might be checking this whole thing out. And what I believe the Bible points us to when it comes to being spiritually disciplined is not a try harder mentality, but a see clearer mentality. Uh, King David speaks of this desire to to see spiritually clear and to know God deeper in a passage that we're getting ready to read. But before we do that, I want to kind of set the stage. So I want you to imagine you're at your work desk. Okay, maybe you're typing or you're grading papers or you're holding like eight kids. I don't know what you do, but you do. You're at your work desk. I'm typing. Genie pops up. Boom. Hey, Graham, you got one wish. Your wish is my command. What do you desire? One desire. You get one wish. That's it. I want you to think about what you would say. Because what we're getting ready to read from King David would be his answer if this happened. So we'll read it together. This is huge. This is his one desire. You guys ready? Okay, Psalm 27. David says, one thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may have one billion dollars and a yacht to live on. Oh, he didn't, okay, he didn't say, okay, we'll go one more time. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may get that girl to notice me in my English class. He didn't, okay, last time I promise. Here we go. One thing I ask from the Lord. All right, here's the buildup. This only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Whoa, anybody else convicted out of Henrietta and all of our Rochester area locations? Like how in the world can a guy get to the place where he says something like that? Like that's crazy. Uh, Us common folk in here, we look at a verse like that. It's like, okay, hey, I love God. I love Drew, but I might want to get a breakfast sandwich before the 9 a.m. service. But oh, that's, he's going to be that guy. He literally only wants to spend time with God. How did he get to that place? And I think the Apostle Paul points us to this reality and gives us some practical wisdom and steps that we can take in order to create in us a desire to see God clearly and to know him deeper, much like the same desire of King David. So Ephesians chapter one is where we're gonna kind of be parking today. It's page 947 uh, if you're using one of our Northridge Bibles. And uh, basically uh, the book of Ephesians The Apostle Paul is writing a letter to a group of Christians in the area of Ephesus, which was a large and booming area in the ancient world. And if you're not familiar with who the Apostle Paul is or was, he was a guy who basically went from plotting the murder of many Christians uh, to being completely sold out to the very message he sought to destroy. And not only did he follow Jesus, but he wrote letters to other Jesus followers, teaching them and encouraging them about how to follow Jesus. And those letters make up a primary part of what we call the New Testament, what we'll be be reading from today. 
And the way that Paul wrote his letters is he would always start out with his name and then he would talk about how thankful he was to the people that he was talking to. And so the portion that we're going to focus on today is the portion where uh, he talks about how thankful he is for these Christians in Ephesus. So we'll read it together and then we will go through. It's Ephesians chapter 1 verse 15. For this reason, ever since, since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I've not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Right? That's kind of a lot. Uh, Paul is saying a lot in that scripture. And the first thing that I want to kind of key in on is the thing that Paul is consistently praying for his friends to experience. So we'll read it again. Chapter one, verse 17, Paul says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Uh, Paul is kind of pointing out this truth that there is always more of God to discover. Uh, if God indeed is God and he is infinite and eternal, then that means that we cannot fit his infiniteness into our finite minds. We could spend an eternity getting to know God more. And in fact, as people who follow Jesus, that is the very thing that we will be doing. And that's what Paul is getting at, which I'm sure is pretty encouraging for these Christians in Ephesus, that man, there's this opportunity to get to know God more. Uh, this is also what David understood. That's why he, he sought to do one thing and one thing alone, gaze at God and hang out with him because it was never ending. There was always this opportunity to get to know God more. And I think kind of bringing that into our context, I think it's so easy to feel like we've hit a spiritual cap on, on our disciplines, right? We're doing like uh, spiritual insanity where we're doing the same thing over and over again and expecting these different results, and that's true whether you uh, struggle to be disciplined and every year you set the same goal and you feel like you just fall flat on your face. Or that's true if you are super disciplined, but all you're merely doing is checking off a box uh, of your spiritual growth. Uh, Paul's saying, hey, there is more of God to discover always. Uh, when we feel this spiritual cap, that's not a God problem. That, that's an us problem. And so this brings up a question. Well, how then, Paul? Okay, how, how are we to actually uh, put this into practice? How, how do we know God more? And he goes on in verse 18 to say this. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. And that is a simple statement, but it packs a punch. See, there's a profound truth hidden in that statement that I believe if we let it could radically shift how we do our spiritual disciplines. It could begin to guide our daily quiet times. It would create in us a David-like passion and zeal to know God more. And the truth is this, that our hearts must see clearly as our eyes read daily. Our hearts must see clearly as our eyes read daily. Daily, And we're going to kind of unpack that in a little bit. But before we go, I, I know some of you guys might be hearing this and you're thinking, uh, what do you mean, Graham? <laughs> what is a quiet time? What are you saying needs to be read daily? Why are you so weird here at Northridge? Uh, I get it. Uh, basically, what Paul is praying for, uh, his, his friends to experience, that God would give these Christ followers the spirit of wisdom and revelation to know God better. It is the very same thing that we seek to do here at Northridge every single week. 
Uh, we long to have wisdom in knowing God better, and so we look for ways in which he's revealed himself. And we believe the primary and most practical way that God has revealed himself is through his spoken word. And that spoken word was written down, and that written down word is, is the very word that, that we read from each and every week. And so if you were to ask Drew, hey, what do you got to say when you get up there? He would tell you, man, we've got nothing good to say apart from what's already been said in this Bible right here. And so we seek to, to get wisdom and knowledge in that revelation that God has already given every single week and, each, and throughout the week in our community groups. And so with all of that said, we believe that it can't stop here. It has to infiltrate every single day of my life. Uh, in order to know God better, we have to not only uh, seek God's wisdom and revelation through what he's already revealed in his word together on a Sunday morning or uh, on a Tuesday night with my community group, but I've got to seek it on my Monday morning uh, in, in the new year every single day of my life. And this is why you hear us speak from God's word and believe it to be the primary and errant authority over our lives. And, and so when I say something like our hearts must see clearly as our eyes read daily, it's coming out of this conviction, passion, and belief that God's word is indeed the driving force of our lives. But again, back to that statement, because it's, it's still a little confusing. Okay, hearts see clearly, eyes read daily. Uh, what's Paul getting at here? Well, Paul is showing us that not only is there more of God to discover, but God himself is the one who is allowing us to discover himself. He is revealing himself to us primarily through his word. And so Paul is showing us that, man, in order to know God better, the eyes of our heart, our spiritual eyes, the spiritual sight that all the Bible attests to must be brought into focus, must be enlightened. It must be illuminated. And what we see, what we will begin to see is, is these two things work together as we act on, on depending on God and praying and we act on reading his word, a beautiful thing starts to happen because God enlightens our hearts, the eyes of our hearts as we read. And so this brings up another question. Maybe we've got people in here who are the why people of the world who ask why about everything. Uh, so the question that I naturally have is why? Why must our spiritual sight be enlightened? Paul goes on to give us the answer in verse 18. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Why? In order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Uh, why was Paul praying that these Ephesians would uh, know God better and pursue him daily? Why should we, as people who follow Jesus, who want to follow Jesus, who are close to following Jesus, why should we seek to know him better and pursue him daily? Paul gives us three quick reasons, and I'll list them out. First one is hope. Second one is riches. Third one is power. So what do we mean by hope? Man, some of you guys, you look back 10 years, five years, two weeks, Last night, and you say, oh my goodness, thank you, Lord, that I am not who I once was. I have hope from what God saved me from. But God didn't just save us to sit here on earth. No, what he's doing is he is bringing us to a, a glorious riches and inheritance of being with him in eternity. But guess what? 
We're not there yet. It's December 30th, 2018, and it's snowing outside. So what do we have? Paul says we have a very real and tangible power to live in and pursue God in our daily lives. That that is the ultimate why behind seeking to have a spiritually disciplined life. Those are the goals. We're not just simply checking off a box. We're not just simply memorizing John 3.16 because that's the Christian nerd thing that Graham would do. Uh, We are talking about this incredible opportunity of God enlightening our spiritual sight to see more clearly the hope from what he saved us from, the future riches that he's bringing us to, and the power that he's calling us to live in right now. Again, we hear these things and it's like, okay, but what does that have to do with Monday morning? Sounds encouraging. What does that have to do with tomorrow, with this year? How do we actually put hands to the plow and pursue a spiritual discipline life? And I wanna give us four quick steps that I believe can help us achieve our goal of being spiritual, spiritually disciplined in the coming year. That's really rooted in those three areas. And they're short, um, short words that are listed in kind of a sequential order. It's also an alliteration, which is cheesy, but hopefully you remember it. Uh, they're the four Ds of spiritual discipline. The first D is this, dependence, dependence. You know, as we've already stated, our hearts must see clearly as our eyes read daily, and our hearts can't see clearly unless God himself enlightens them, right? We must depend on God to open the eyes of our hearts, and that dependence can come in the form of a prayer. In fact, we'll talk about a prayer in just a little bit that we can all be praying this week for this specific thing. But what we will see is what that dependence will then do is it will create in us a genuine desire for more. That's the second D. And this one is like the hardest one for me. Uh, With any discipline, you might've thought I was lying about uh, trying to cut out sugar. Get this, literally every Tuesday night, my community group guys, they ask me, they say, hey Graham, how many times this week have you eaten sugar? And I gotta tell them, because I don't naturally desire to do that. And so I gotta put accountability in my life So I can pursue that because if I don't desire something, I'm not going to do it. Uh, Psalm 34, eight, David writes this, taste and see that the Lord is good. How do you think David got to the place where he desired that one thing and that one thing alone? It's because he tasted and saw that God was good. He experienced God and wanted more. He actually desired it. And here's the thing, we can't crave a food that we've never eaten. What do I mean by that? I mean that we can't simply just say, God, open the eyes of my heart, and we never actually act on reading God's word to experience it and eat it and see him move to where we create in that a desire where we want more. We have to actually put hands to the plow. And what we will find is as we depend on God and pray and we read his word, he enlightens us to know the hope, riches, and power that we have in him And I'm telling you, you can't get enough of it. You want to keep coming back. You wanna keep learning more because it is so good. And what we'll notice is as we come back, it'll start to become a discipline in our lives. That's the third D. God enlightens us. We taste and see that that he is good. And then we begin to structure our time around that goodness. We want to wake up 30 minutes earlier uh, to do our devotional. We want to stay in the car uh, 10 extra minutes before we go into work so we can catch that verse of the day. We want these things. And so they become naturally a part of us. Uh, We desire them and so we pursue them. 
And what we find is as we do those disciplines and they compound over years and years and years, what we find is what we call here at Northridge, us being a fully devoted follower of Christ. Devotion is the fourth D. Now, now you don't even really have to, to think about it. it. It is just a part of who you are. You know, if, if you're young in here like myself, we've got to get around some of these incredible 60, 70, 80 year old followers of Jesus who have been walking with him for 30 to 40 years. And we look at their lives and we wonder, man, how did they get there? Like, that's like, that's just next level. How, how do you get to that place? And it's because they simply depended on God to create in them a desire. And as that desire grew, so did their disciplines. And those disciplines compounded over years and years and years lead to somebody being fully sold out and fully devoted to God and his purposes. And what happens is as you start to look at these four things, they're a lot less sequential and more cyclical, right? Because devotion leads to more dependence, which leads to more desire, which leads to more discipline, which leads to more devotion. And it goes on and on. It's this beautiful cycle of God working in us to make us more like Him. So the challenge that I believe exists for all of us today, whether you follow Jesus and you want to be spiritually disciplined in the uh, 2019 year, or, or maybe you don't follow Jesus, you're kind of on the fence and you just wanna test out this whole God thing. I, I wanna invite us to pray a simple prayer and it's this, open the eyes of my heart to know you more. And I'm convinced that we will be blown away at what God shows us about himself. And here's, here's the reality. We've gotta be kind of realistic with this uh, because you're not gonna go from somebody who doesn't even like to read the comic section in the newspaper to wanting to read the New Testament eight times in one week, okay? We've gotta be kind of realistic with this. I'm not immune to it. There are mornings where I wake up and I've got passion like King David himself. And then there are mornings where I look like I just got off the set of The Walking Dead season 11, okay? So it is a daily thing that we have to be depending on God for. These four steps, they set us up for success, but they do not give us success. We all long to be spiritually disciplined at some level. The problem is, is that we hate the process. It takes work. And I think the reason sometimes it takes so much work is because we are depending upon ourselves to do something we can't naturally do. We can't naturally see what God wants us to spiritually see. And what happens is the eyes of our hearts must see clearly the three things that lead us to knowing God deeper. And that's the hope from what he saved us from, the future that he's bringing us to, and the power that he's calling us to live in right now. Paul goes on to talk about that power is the same mighty strength that he used when he raised Christ from the dead. And that's why we do it. Uh, we may want to be fully devoted followers of Jesus, but let me tell you that full devotion is not gonna come unless we have disciplines. And we may wanna be a disciplined follower of Jesus, but that discipline is not gonna come unless we actually desire it. And we may want to desire, to desire, to be disciplined, to be fully devoted, but that desire isn't gonna come unless we depend on God to enlighten the eyes of our hearts, to see Him clearly and want to know Him more. It's a simple prayer this morning. Open the eyes of my heart to know you more. Let's pray that together. God, thank you for your word that speaks um, every day in the, in the mundane, in the, um, in the high moments and the low moments. Um, thank you for uh, enlightening our spiritual sight. 
to see more clearly uh, the hope, riches, and power that we have in you. And so today, and as we jump into this new year, I pray that we would be so laser focused on depending on you to create in us that desire, which leads to discipline, which leads to full devotion. And I pray that you would get all the glory. We thank you for who you are, Lord. It's in your name we pray, amen.